David Eicholt, Sean Balk, HawkeyeInsider.com, Swarmcast, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, with some breaking news, sort of instant reaction surrounding Iowa's Big Ten schedule changes. The Big Ten announced today uh, that they just moved around some games. And, you know, Sean, it's interesting because they said they were they, they had to make some adjustments due to, you know, 2020 when it was a conference-only schedule. But the games and the locations are the exact same, but it's just sort of – uh, mixed around. But with that being said, Sean, I, I think this is this sets up a lot better for Iowa. We'll dive into why, but what's kind of your instant reaction to uh, the schedule changes? Yeah, I thought there were a couple of interesting um, moves. Obviously, the Minnesota one stands out a little bit. You got a bye week before Ohio State game um, instead of the bye week going into Northwestern. Um, but also, I think one thing to keep in mind, too, with that Ohio State game is that the Buckeyes also have a bye going into that game too. So, you know, it's kind of hard to see or hard to tell who's at an advantage there with that. But, you know, I still think it's it's pretty noticeable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I think I think this schedule does work in favor of Iowa. You look at Rutgers, I think Rutgers, Scarlet Knights are going to be an interesting team next year. Obviously, you know, made a bowl game by default this season um, and, you know, should be able to build on that. Michigan's going to be tough, but they'll have to rebuild. Illinois is going to be interesting. Ohio State's going to be Ohio State. Northwestern's really not supposed to be that good. Purdue always gives Iowa a hard time. Wisconsin is Wisconsin, though I do think they're going to take a little step back next year. Um, Minnesota will be interesting because um, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. But, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man, and Minnesota has not done that as of late. And then Nebraska as well always seems to give Iowa trouble. So, you know, I think I think the Vegas line I saw was eight and a half, if if there is a line, or at least I saw people on Twitter pointing that out. I would honestly take the over on that for the regular season. I've said this too. Iowa might have a worse record than this year, Sean. They'll be a better football team, and I, at least that's what I at least think on paper. And I think it sets up. Remember, Sean, with the initial schedule, it was supposed to be a four week stretch of Minnesota, uh, Michigan, Purdue, Ohio State in that four game stretch. Well, now you're replacing with at Rutgers hosting Michigan at Illinois and at Ohio State, and that's a lot better. And on top of that, too, you move the bye week from the 22nd, you move it up to the 15th. I think that's a perfect time for Iowa to sort of reset. And Iowa always tries to pry itself by playing its best football in November. And how is it set up? They have four straight Big Ten West opponents in November to close out the schedule. And like you said, they had Northwestern the week before, so – not that Iowa can afford too many slip-ups early in the season, Sean, but the most important games are going to be the last final stretch of the season. And we saw how Iowa bounced back this year after dropping back-to-back games. They finished off by winning uh, four straight. And if Iowa can repeat that next year, I think there's no reason that uh, that they won't be able to re, you know, retain the Big Ten West crown. Yeah, I definitely think they got a, uh, um, you know, a path to get there. I've said before, I think I said in the message boards yesterday, I haven't really, you know, went back to that thread to see what other people are saying just because I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure I want to see the feedback on it. But I kind of just said that Iowa, I think, it, I think the Big Ten West runs through Iowa City next year. And, you know, I got some, got some initial feedback from that because, you know, you look at Minnesota, they got guys coming back next year. I think they lose a chunk of their offensive line, but, you know, they bring back Mo Ibrahim, Tanner Morgan, assuming yeah. that Tanner Morgan can get back to the place that he was a couple years ago. Um, you know, Wisconsin, you know, their offensive output wasn't good 
they still have Braylon Allen coming back. They still have a couple guys on defense, obviously have to replace those linebackers, but you know, they're, they're, I was really had trouble with Wisconsin as of late. And, you know, I know kind of, you know, the whole phenomenon with these, with these schedules is, especially with Iowa, they're, they win a game that they're not supposed to, and then they lose a game that they're like, shouldn't. Yep. And, you know, this year, I think you're looking at that again. Um, especially with, you know, maybe even that Michigan game, who knows how Michigan's going to be. I think they got a lot of young talent in the wings. It'll be but, the first and, true road game at the time too, when they traveled to Iowa city. Yeah. And who knows what the Jim Harbaugh, like I think most of the buzz from stuff I've seen on 24 seven is that Harbaugh will stay in Ann Arbor, but you know, what if, what if he goes like, what, what impact does that have on Michigan next year? Um, Ohio state's going to be a wagon again. Um, you know, Purdue, you know, you never want to say Iowa can beat Purdue or predict Purdue because they really haven't done it at a consistent level recently. So, you know, I think you look at the schedule and I think it does line up to be really in favor of Iowa. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about the road games at the road game at Illinois. Um, I know a lot of people are probably not going to be you know, again, or a lot of people are going to be against me with that. It's just Illinois is a weird team. Yep. And, you know, I think that's going to be the same next year. But, I mean, overall, I think I think you got to be happy at the schedule if you're Iowa here. I do, too. And you think, like you said, you mentioned Michigan. I mean, they lose Aiden Hutchinson. They lose Ojabo. I mean, they, they lose some dudes for sure. And it, it, I think Iowa is going to have the whole revenge factor in their mind as well. And when it comes to Ohio State, do you think like I, I know Ohio State's going to say they have bigger goals in mind and they should because they're going to claim it's a revenge tour and get back to the playoffs. But, you know, Sean, how many times Iowa fans have brought up 2017, the 55, 24, like Ohio State fans want that to stop. They want to play Iowa. They want to absolutely torch Iowa like Iowa's going to get a huge, huge treatment in Columbus, Ohio. I'm not saying as far as the game, but I'm saying as far as the atmosphere and everything, it's going to be pretty remarkable. And, you know, I've been, you know, a lot of people point this out to me on Twitter and I think it's obviously valid. You know, you talk about, Oh, Iowa has a bye week They can get healthy. They can reset some things, but Sean, when has Iowa really come out strong out of a bye week in, in recent memory? I mean, they didn't come out strong out of the bye week this past year. I mean, they lost to Purdue, went to the bye week and then they went out against Wisconsin and completely laid an egg. I mean, you could argue that that was, I, obviously, it wasn't the worst game of the season. I think the Michigan game easily claims that. But, you know, Iowa struggles coming out of the gates of bye weeks. And then you get a, a team like Ohio State. But, again, I, I think if you're talking about winning the West, which should be, I think, you know, obviously the top goals win the Big Ten Conference, winning the Big Ten West, obviously part of that. It sets up a lot better from that angle because, again, Iowa tries to pride itself playing on late season football, playing its best. And, you know, who knows what the offense will look like? Who knows what the quarterback's going to look like? We're still waiting on some decisions from some key guys. But, you know, by that time, when you get into the chunk of the schedule that it's, okay, it's win or shut up, like winner, we're done. You're going to hope that you have a lot of those answers to the questions that you had going into the season in the early part of the season. Yeah, and I think like this year too, I think that, you know, I think this November is going to be a little more difficult um obviously Purdue is in October this year and you know I don't know exactly what Purdue is coming back obviously they don't have David Bell or George Karloftis but that's still an interesting team with some of the guys that have left who knows what role Tyrone Tracy is going to have for them next year 
Um, Wisconsin, like I said before, you never really know with them, except, you know, you do know. Like, you know, you never really know who's coming back, but you do know that they're going to be tough. And Minnesota as well, they got some talent in the wings and some guys coming back to make them, a, you know, another trendy favor for the Big Ten West. So I think there are things that work in favor of Iowa, but, you know, it's one of those schedules, too, where, like, you can't avoid any lapses. Like, obviously, that's every year. But, you know, you talk about Rutgers, you talk about Illinois, two programs that, you know, are trying to be like Iowa with the consistency that they have and with the new coaches that they have. And, you know, what what more than to prove that you can become that than beat Iowa at home and, you know, protect home field. I know Illinois is chomping at the bit to get at Iowa. And, you know, there's other teams, too, that want that. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be. It's definitely interesting. That's that's one way of putting it. I honestly didn't think there would be too much movement, but now that there was like stuff in place, it it makes it a lot more fascinating to see how the season goes, and especially with some of the NFL draft decisions that we're still waiting for Iowa. You know, talk about this too. I mean, remember Brett Bielema wasn't even coaching the game this year, and you know he wants to badly get back at Iowa. So I think there's even going to be a little bit more added juice just from you know Brett Bielema and the revenge factor there. And I think it's only to be heightened because he didn't miss that game. So, you know, and it, it's we have a lot of time to speculate about this Iowa team, Sean. And I think your early estimations and mine as well is I really do think the team's going to be better next year. And you do look at some of the key guys that they lose, like Zach Van Balkenberg, I think it's going to be a really big loss. I think he came on strong at the end of the season. He's always been a great run contained guy. Uh, who knows a Tyler Linderbaum? I know people are – I expect him to go, Sean, but as we've kind of stated multiple times, it's not a lock that he goes by any means. Uh, but I don't want to also be out there enough to say, hey, get your hopes up, Tyler's coming back. Because even if it's expected he comes back, and I'm not saying that's the case, it's going to shock everybody just because he has the degrees, a first-round pick, arguably the best center prospect in, a gen, you know, in the last, what, 10, 15 years in the NFL draft by most – you know, experts have said that. So th- there's a lot of interesting factors with this team, but I think both the reality is I think both line of scrimmages are going to be more consistent than they were a year ago. You look at Deontay Craig, Lucas Van Ness, who are going to continue to be high risers. YA Black, I still think has a very high ceiling. Uh, we've heard a lot about him, but obviously Van Ness came and took over that spot. But then you throw in Xavier Wampa. You look at Cooper DeGene, who I think is going to play a bigger part of the defense as well. And then you have Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce coming back. And then you get the Williams brother, not brothers, but the Williams is, uh, and what they did in the running game. Like, I think that there is, there should be not just a hope that the team's better next year. At this point, Sean, when you look, at, when I look at the roster and I look at how the schedule sets up, it should be an expectation that the team continues to take a step forward next year. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you're feeling better about, the team going into this year than you did last year. Mm-hmm. And it'll be fascinating to see what the quarterback situation is going into the year. I know we could kind of do a whole podcast on that, but you know, it it I think the win totals can change depending on who is at QB one. You know, if we have a proven guy unproven, depending on how they perform in the fall, like transfer portal, like there's still so many factors that come into play. Like it's hard to believe that the season is still like as long as it is away, it feels like we're in like April or like June right now, April, yeah. May or June right now, honestly. Um, so yeah, there's still a lot of stuff that come into play. I mean, I don't know. I was been active in the transfer portal. How many guys will they get that are instant impact? Like, you know, Jack Heflin's or, um, you know, guys of that nature. I don't know at this point, but 
you know, you kind of got to think like maybe, maybe there's still something out there, another addition out there, you know, something that could happen, you know, maybe the transfer poll doesn't work in Iowa's favor. Maybe, you know, an NFL guy makes, or a guy makes a decision that wasn't expected to go to the NFL. Um, you know, obviously there was balls of Dane Bell and going to the NFL. Um, but that honestly ended up, or that of not going to the NFL. And that obviously ended up being the case of him going to the NFL. So maybe you get another one like that. Maybe Tyler Lindemann stays. There's just so many different factors that can go into it that, you know, can change the potential win totals to try We're going into, you know, the summer. And then, like I said before, you never know with the portal either. The two things I'll throw out, Sean, is one, I think Dane Bell made the right decision. It's, it was a very Geno Stone-like situation to me. You, you know, with how good Dane Belton was, you don't know how much higher his like draft stock would actually be just given his skill set, and that's not a shot against Dane Belton at all. But what does he come back and prove? He comes back and has seven interceptions, you know, forces a couple fumbles. Let's say, you know, he has more tackles for losses, et cetera. Does that really up his value? Does that up, you know, the measurables? Does that really get him more money in the long run? I don't think so. So I think he made a right decision there. And, you know, Sean, the more I've thought, obviously the offseason is going to be dominated by the quarterback battle, like you said. It's not going to happen, but I still want to throw this out there. If you're really stuck between Joey Labis, and again, I'm not saying him and Petrus are on the same level at all, you play South Dakota State the first game. Why not throw out Labis to see what he can do if if they're if they're even keeled just to show, hey, you know, we aren't facing off against these big power five teams yet. We have an opportunity to try a couple different things. We have an opportunity to get our young quarterback some run. Uh, why not throw out Joey Labis for the second half? Maybe the first. If he struggles, you pull him, you put in, you put in Spencer Petrus again. And again, it's 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 one of those things where I don't want people to think that Petrus doesn't want to be great. It's clear the guy does, and he works his tail off. Everybody will say that. But at the end of the day, Sean, Iowa cannot have what they got at quarterback this year. It should be unacceptable, and fans have every right to be you know, pissed off about it uh, just based on where they thought the team could go. Because if you tell Iowa fans for the season, Sean, Iowa goes 10-2 in the regular season, you know as, as well as I know, Sean, every single Iowa fan signs up for that. You're going to win the West, 10 wins, everybody, boom. But it's the way the season ended, and it's the games that even if Iowa lost, people feel, you know, if Iowa's offense was even average, you're talking about 11-12 win season this year. And I think that's what really upsets Iowa fans the most going into this offseason. Yeah, I'm not saying he uh, or Iowa wins the Big Ten championship, but I do think they win the Citrus Bowl against Kentucky for sure in that. You know, I think, you know, the talk around the program has been positive, but, you know, you you know what kind of expectations or what buzz around the program has been for the last, you know, obviously not in 2020, but um, the last couple of years after bowl victories, like there is just to seem to be a lot more positivity around everything. And, you know, obviously losing the Citrus Bowl, that, that leaves a lot of sour taste in people's mouth. And, you know, not as much optimism as, you know, maybe, you know, there were in other years. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think an 11 win season was was definitely possible with that. Um, I think you can look at a couple of games, too, that didn't go Iowa's way that maybe Iowa wins. But I don't think, you know, they would have been in the college football playoff. Half. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat as you like the Michigan game. Iowa was clearly outmatched. Michigan was on some, you know, trying to prove that they're back. 
And I mean, they, they clearly just were the better football team uh, in that game, but yeah, uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to watch again. My final takeaway is it's still early. And I mean, things could change obviously Sean, but I'll leave Iowa fans with this. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you uh, just based on early, you know, just early, early observations and looking at Iowa's roster and schedule and everything. I'll say, I think the big 10 West runs through Iowa city again, and I'm not saying people should expect to win the big 10 West, but on paper to me, it's, it's, it, it runs through Iowa city. And I think Iowa needs to go into the big, you know, the season next year, believing that and embracing that role, you know, forget the underdog role. They're not the underdogs anymore. I think they should be the favorites going in next year. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I, I, I think I, the team I worry about most is Minnesota, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously a lot can happen in the off season. So looking forward to it should be a, uh, should be an interesting one. We'll see what happens with the rest of the uh, early entries, the NFL and what decisions you make there. Obviously you and I will be back talking about that whenever the news becomes official and breaks. Uh, but until then, David Eichel, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SBach247, at David Eichel, at Hawkeyes on 24-7. And check out HawkeyeInsider.com for the most in-depth, extensive coverage of everything Iowa Hawkeyes. So until then, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.